shaved my beard last night. Um, <laughs> well, welcome to Central. I'm so glad to see you guys here. My name is Clayton, the pastor here at Central. And today, uh, like Mindy was saying, it marks a, a beginning of something new and exciting I'm here at our church, so thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. If you're watching online with us right now, um, yeah, same thing, man. Uh, glad that you're taking the time to spend um, with us um, here um, at, at Central. So if you'd like to follow along with the message today, there's QR codes. Just take out your phone and just scan those with the... Uh, your phone, and you can follow along with the message and get all the notes and everything um, for today. And just like Mindy said, we're starting a brand new series, and uh, we're calling it from from wandering to to winning. And it's uh, we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks four decisions that um, every pretty much our church, but also every church must make, and not just churches, but individuals as well, uh, because the church is is unique. But the church is also very similar to something that we all have, which is a family. Um, this yesterday, my, my family and I went and saw Avatar. Anybody, anybody seen that? Have you seen that? It's pretty good. We went and saw it with the 3D stuff. I mean, with the, the chairs that like shake and vibrate when it gets loud. It was awesome um, to do that. But sometimes going to the movies is complicated. And you get there and you're trying to figure out what everybody's going to, to, to eat. And how much you're going to stuff in your purse, you know, to get into the movies, you know. Um, how many guys are the, the popcorn holder? I mean, you're the designated popcorn holder for the family. That's, that's me, okay. So if anybody wants some popcorn, just let me know, but I've got it right here, okay. And so that's what I did yesterday. Um, and we were just watching the movie. It was a three-and-a-half-hour-long movie, two bathroom breaks, um, but we made it, okay. So it was, it was a long movie, but, man, we're just sitting there eating the popcorn, and, and then people are wanting it at different times. And sometimes... Families go in, some families spend life together and they go do things together and sometimes things get complicated and it's just like the church. In fact, I was talking to one of our church members this past week and she said this. She said, "Our church is our family." And I think that's kind of an important thing to think about and that's that's very heartwarming, but it also means that sometimes church is complicated uh, because it's full of it's full of people. I mean, how many of y'all sit in the parking lot of the church? for like 20 minutes after church trying to figure out where you're going to go eat because no one can make a decision, you know? How many of y'all, during the holidays, the idea of having holidays with certain family members is just exhausting and it stresses you out and you're just like, I'm done. Like, I'm ready to go, you know? I'm ready to go back to my, my life <laughs> without you in it, you know? I mean, it's just how it is sometimes. How many of y'all have been on vacation with that one side of the family? You know what I'm talking about. That you're just going, man, God, give me patience. I mean, when is this thing going to be over? Sometimes families, it's not perfect. It's not like Hallmark movies. Families are real, and sometimes it gets messy. And, man, sometimes families are just complicated. Well, we're going to today look at a family that's the same way, a family that was kind of complicated. And I'm going to do my best to try to explain this family um, to you today. It's a family that goes all the way back from the, pretty much the very beginning of civilization about 4,000 years ago, there was this, this family of, with this guy named Abram. And so we know him as Abraham, but his first name was Abram. And let me give you a little bit of a background um, of his life. And so here is how things started with Adam. And Adam had, there's nine generations after Adam. 
So Adam lived 930 years. That's a long time, guys. I mean, with, with all the aches and pains I have in the morning, I'm 40. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that, okay? So he lives 930 years. He has a ton of kids. The ones that we have recorded in Scripture, nine generations from him, we get Noah. And Noah and the flood, we know the story of, of Noah. Now, Adam lived 930 years. About two years after he died, Noah was born, Okay. Noah lives 950 years, okay, even longer, and he has a bunch of kids as well, and five generations down the line from, 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 um, from Noah, we have the Tower of Babel. So this, I'm going through Genesis here, okay, this kind of this history. That's my, I drew this, by the way, so don't get mad at me, okay, but that's my, my Tower of Babel. It's like a little kid drew it. Okay, um, so five generations after Noah is the Tower of Babel. We know what happened in the Tower of Babel. Um, they were trying to be like God. And God said, nope, I'm not having that. And so he splits up the people all around the world. They speak different languages and they scatter. And so they scatter and, and four generations after this event, we get this guy named Terah. Now, Terah is an important part of scripture that we, a lot of us don't know about because, but his, his son is Abram, okay, who becomes Abraham, who gets this promise from God, and it changed all of, all of history. Now, this is really interesting because when, no, when Abram was born, Noah was still around. This is crazy. It's right around the time when Noah, when Noah passed away, Abram was born. What that means is Terah knew Noah. And Terah's dad, Abram's grandfather, knew Noah. It's kind of cool to think about how all this kind of works together. But that's kind of the history of this guy named Abram, which we're going to talk about today. So Terah, he gets this, this idea, he gets this call, this, this uh, desire to do something. And let me give you a little background on him. So Terah lived in this area around here. So this is a, a modern day satellite map, map of the Middle East. So you've got the modern nation of Israel over here, you've got Jordan, you have Iraq right here, and there's, there's Iran right there. So this is Iraq around here, and there was this this area, um, and it was this place called Ur, and so um, Ur is this this uh, area. They were called the Chaldeans. It was kind of a, that was just the name of the people, and they were a semi-nomadic people. So this is where Abram came from. It was about four hundred miles long by about hundred miles wide. They owned or they owned they, they 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 wandered around this area. This was their kind of their nation, and Terah gets this this desire to move. And so he, he begins to, to move. He gets this calling from God to move, and he, he moves his, his family. Now, but this is something that's kind of interesting because, because Terah, um, the Bible says in Joshua, let me go to that scripture, Joshua says this about him, says that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, that long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Naor, they lived beyond the Euphrates River, and what did they do? They worshiped other gods. It was kind of crazy. So these were pagan people. They were not following the God of the Bible, but yet God was still speaking to them and calling them, which is something that's pretty profound. And so they begin to move. And so they go from Ur up to this place called Haran right here. Now, this was not where they were wanting to end up. This was just like a, a pit stop. But what happens is, in the story, is that they stop here. And we don't know why they stopped. Maybe the food was great, it was a nice place, the weather was fantastic, and they're like, I can't think of anything better than this place, and so we're just going to stay here. We don't know why, but for some reason, they stayed. And then, 
people notice something different about them. Now, I think it's interesting to look back at, at Terah and Abram and their family and realize that back in Ur, they were no, known for something. They were known for being a family that moved around. They were semi-nomadic. They're always moving. And God called them to move. And they're like, okay, we're going to go do that. There's just kind of a thing that they did. And they, they were known to be like that. You ever known a family that's like that? The family that just on Instagram, they're always going and doing amazing things. And you see pictures of them like, man, how do they have time to go to that place? And that, they're on the beach. They're skiing. They're doing like skydiving. Like how are they doing all this stuff? Like that's kind of was like Tara's family. They were a family. They were moving and they were shaking and they were doing stuff. And people were like, man, I want to be like them. That was kind of their, their MO. And so they were going to do that. They go up to Haran. All of a sudden something changes and they stop. And people began to see them not as a family that was moving and doing things, but as a family that wasn't going anywhere. A family that said, you know what, we're going to dig roots right here. We're good right here. We're going to stay right here. Even though God had something else for them. And they stayed so long that Terah died there. He died at the rest stop, so to speak, if you're on a trip, okay? He didn't make it to their final destination. He stopped right there, and he never made it to the promised land, the place that God was calling their family to go. And this is where Abraham comes into the picture. And y'all know how old Abraham was when he came into the picture? 75 years old, okay? So if you think that God can't do something amazing, incredible, in an old person, watch this, okay? So let me go through this, this story. In Genesis chapter 12, here's what the Bible says about Abram. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Honestly, I think our lives aren't so different from Abraham's because we get comfortable, right? And his family kind of got comfortable. We get comfortable in our lifestyles, don't we? I mean, we work hard for the life that we have. We like our lifestyle. We are comfortable a lot of times in the relationships that we have. We're comfortable in the jobs that we have. We're comfortable in the neighborhood and the place and the the homes that we have. But what happens a lot of times in life, just like Abram, in our lives, sometimes God shows up just when you're ready to, to live out this life how you have it planned out. God shows up and does something. He shows up and he, he changes the game. You know, all those plans you had, things change. You're like, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe I'm where I'm at now. I had all these plans and then things just changed. How many of you guys love to, to have like family card night? Anybody? Play, play games, play cards. So my family, okay, I'm, I'm weird. I guess my family's weird. Uh, y'all aren't participating today, but uh, I've, I've, I've got some cards here. So my, my family, we, we like to play cards um, sometimes uh, when we make our teenage uh, kids play cards. But Holly and I, we love to play cards. Um, my parents love to play cards. Holly's parents love to play cards. And we, we go and we spend a lot of time because we're around a table spending time together. How many guys only play like one certain game? And that's just what you do. Anybody? My, my in-laws love to play phase 10. We're over their house. doesn't matter if we have the most amazing game. We're playing phase 10. And so I got to just be okay with that. Uh, but Holly and I, we love to play games. But I want you to imagine if you are at the table and you've got your, your cards, right? And you're going, hey, guys, we're about to play this game. It's a game we've always played. Everybody knows the rules. We don't have to talk about it. We just sit down and we're ready to go. We shuffle the cards and we get ready. And then you get a knock on the door. And it's God. 
and he shows up at your house. And he comes, you invite him in, obviously because you're going to invite him in because it's God. Um, and so you, you, you invite him in, and he sits down at your table. He's like, all right, y'all playing a game? Can I play? And you're like, sure, God. He's going to win, but, you know, he's going to play a game with you. So you're sitting down with him, and, and God says, can, can, I, can I, before we get started, can I see the, the deck of cards? You're like, sure. So he takes them, and he, he gets them all ready, and he's shuffling them up, and he's doing all the, the things that, you know, getting ready for it. And he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're like, okay. He goes, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to do this. And he takes that. Sorry, my bad. Okay. <laughs> he takes the deck of cards that, that you're going to play, this game that you had ready for your family. He says, you know what? I'm changing up the game. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing those cards as far as, as I can, and we're going to do something different. Sometimes life happens that way. I think about Abraham and his life. That's exactly what happened to him. And God showed up in his life, and he did something to Abraham. And I'll say this, he probably, maybe it's better to say that he did something for Abram. And God called Abram to leave his way of life, everything that he had known for a really long time. And things changed. And I believe God has either done that in your life, in my life, or he is currently doing that in your life. And he's calling you to do something. He's asking you right now, to do this, to leave what is comfortable. Think about Abraham's life. They, they were comfortable where they were at. Everything was great. I mean, they found a place that they could just, you know, build or, you know, get some deep roots going and just live out the rest of their days. And God said, no, I've got something better for you. Look what, look what, let me go back to this verse in Genesis 12. Let me, let me show you some parts that I'm going to underline here. In verse 1, it says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. That's tough. Think about it. Leave your native country. He's asking them to leave everything they know, the language that they know, the culture that they know. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been, anybody ever been overseas? A lot of you guys have been overseas or traveled to a foreign country, and you're in that place, and you quickly realize, I don't know the language, and I don't know the customs or the culture, and I feel weird. Like I, I'm, I'm an American. I got rights. And I'm like, not here, okay? And so, and you're like, oh, no, you know, what's going on? And so, you know you, you, you're so comfortable with, with your American life that when you get back to the border or you land back in America and you go through customs, you're just praying, like, God, please let me through. Like, I promise I'm American. This is a real passport. And you can't wait to get through that threshold, you know, and get back into on American soil. You kiss the ground or whatever. Don't do that at the airport. It's gross. But, but right, like, I mean, you're so excited to get back to the place that's comfortable for you. And God said to Abram, said, I want you to leave all of that. I want you to, to leave your native country, your relatives, the people you know, the relationships you've been forming, and even your, your family. Like, I'm, I'm asking you to do something different. And so today we're talking about Abram. Today we're also talking about the church, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want us to also talk about us personally. You see, God is notorious for getting all up in your business, isn't he? Just when you, you're comfortable, just when you think you have it all planned out, God does something different. Like for some of us, we've had these romantic relationships in our past with these people, with this person that you thought, I can never live without that person. And that person is going to complete, complete me. But if we be honest today, you can't remember their name and you don't know where they are, okay? But back then, they were just the most important thing in your life. And God showed up and changed that relationship. For some of you, you have the, you've had these potential job plans. 
and man, you were so excited about that. You were beginning to put yourself in your own future and saying, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have this, this job. I'm going to be making more money. Like we were, you're already on Zillow, like looking up new homes. You're ready to move. You're ready. This is going to be perfect. And it didn't happen. Your plans didn't happen. For some of us, we have some big plans for 2023. New Year's resolutions, getting ready for 2023. Sorry to tell you, most of them are going to change, Okay. Most of your plans are not going to work out. That's just the way that God works. He changes the game. And what he wants you to do is to do this, to trust him. What it's going to take is just a, a little bit of trust, especially when you can't see the end, okay? You can't see all the details. You don't know everything that's going to happen. Look what happened right here. He, sa he says this. He says, I want you to leave all those things and go to the land that I will show you. That is a scary verse. Because he doesn't say, go to this place, it's going to look like this, and here's exactly what I want you to do, and here's the map, and here's the directions. He says, just go. And you know what? I'm, once you start going, then I'll show you. Right? And sometimes God does that. There's this, this level of trust that we have to have with God. We're like, you know what? I, I don't know all the details, but I'm trusting you. I don't know what's going to happen, with all this, but I'm trying to make a wise decision, and I'm, I'm trying to trust you. So not only does God ask you to leave what's comfortable, but he also asks you to trust him when you can't see how it's going to turn out, and you don't know all the answers. Here's how it kind of works out for, for my life and probably for your life. You know you need to make a big decision. You know this decision is going to affect your family. You know this decision is going to affect your future. You're like, I don't know what to do. You have this, this opportunity that's been kind of put in front of you. And so what, what do you do? You, you open up the Bible, and you're like, God, give me wisdom. And so you're looking in, and you're like, please, Lord. <laughs> and uh, let me hope, hope I get a word from you. And you're, you're reading Scripture, and you're trying to figure it out. You're praying. You're doing the things that you should be doing, and you're trying to follow God. And say, God, I, I need to know what your will is for my life. I need to know the direction you have for me. And you sense God's direction. And what God is saying is saying, at some point, you just got to go. At some point, you got to just take that step of faith, right, we always talk about, and begin to move. He says, man, you got to trust me. I'm not going to show you everything because then there would be no trust involved in that relationship. You, sometimes you got to move even though you don't know everything that's going to happen. you got to trust him even if you don't have it all figured out. And the, in fact, the New Testament talks about that's exactly what Abram did. Look at Hebrews says. So Hebrews is a great uh, connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament if you want to know you know how it all connects? Hebrews is a good one, okay? Here's what it says. It was by faith that Abraham, he obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And get this. He went without knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going, but he trusted God. And that's what he's calling us to do. But also God promises Abraham something that helps him to trust. What did he promise him? He says he promised him an inheritance. God had a future for Abram and said, just trust me in this. Here's the deal. God promises us the same thing. God promises us a future, and he promises the church, the Christians in this world, he promises us some things. In fact, Luke chapter 12, here's a couple of places where Jesus promises us something. He says, don't be afraid, little flock, talking about the church, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. God says, I'm promising you the, you the kingdom. Where I'm in control, 
And I'm reigning, and I'm God, and I'm asking you to pursue that in your life. I'm promising you that. He also promises us something in Matthew 16. He's talking to Peter, one of the disciples, and he says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and all the power of hell will not conquer it. Here's the other promise. He's saying that no matter what happens, okay, the powers of darkness are not going to be bigger than the powers of God, okay? So no matter what happens in your life, God is in control, and he can handle it. He promises us those things. So God will call you to leave what makes you comfortable, and he asks you to, to trust him. The question for today is, what is going to be your response? How are you going to respond when God calls you to do that? Well, let's look at Abraham's or Abram's response. So in verse 4, back in our passage, here's what the Bible says. So Abraham, or Abram, he created a pros and cons list, right? That doesn't say that. Um, Abram went and asked a whole bunch of people and tried to figure it out and, or waited a long time or, or tried to come up with his, with his own wisdom, the best plans. No, it says that he departed. He went when God called him. Abr- so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And get this, there's other people involved in this, and Lot with him. Who was Lot? Well, Lot was Abram's brother's son, so Abram's nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken uh, into, the household at, into his household at Haran, and he headed for the land of Canaan. And the Bible says when they arrived in Canaan, so they go from that place and they arrive, Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah, and at that time the area was inhabited by Canaanites. So let me go to the, the, the map here that shows where they continued on the journey. So Abram goes with his dad, all the family, they go up to Haran. They stay there for a long time. His dad uh, dies. They're not moving. They're not, they're not following God. God says, no, I've still got something for you. So Abram, in faith, didn't know all the things were going to happen. He travels down here and takes not just himself, not just this little caravan of like a family. There was this throng of people. There was a bunch of people. He had all this livestock, all this wealth. He had he had servants, he had other family members, he had kids, probably had grandkids. There's tons of people, and they said, hey, guys, we're all going to go to this place. We don't know what's going to happen, but God is calling us to do it. And honestly, this is how life goes. Like, first, God shows up. He changes the game. And he calls you to something that, that you weren't expecting. And ultimately in your life, That call is for you to say yes to Jesus. It's for you to follow Jesus. It's for you to accept him as your Lord and as your Savior who paid the price for your sins on the cross. That is the most important decision that you can ever make. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, that's it. (laughs) Ultimately, it's for you to accept Jesus. He changes the game. The thing that you are comfortable with. The lifestyle that you were comfortable with, the things you were pursuing in your life, and says, you know what? I've got something different for you. And he changes your plans. But according to Abraham and his story, your responsibility is to make a decision. God calls, but you've got to make the decision. And the decision isn't always to like physically go somewhere, as it was for Abram. Sometimes the decision isn't a physical move, sometimes it's a a relationship move, and you need to get out of that. That needs to be taken care of. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be repentance. There needs to be a, a correction there. Sometimes 
God is calling you to an attitude move. Anybody need to change their attitude in 2023? Okay. For some of us, it's a heart move. Like our heart is not in the right place. And we know it deep down inside. If we're honest, we know it. God is calling us to change and to be different. In fact, God is always calling us to make a choice. It's between two different things. It's between our comfort and the calling he has in our lives. That's what we have to do. You must choose between comfort and calling. Can't choose both. Can't choose between them. And this is the choice that, that Abram had to make. In fact, it's the choice that you have to make in your life. And honestly, it's more difficult than you can ever imagine because we're wired for comfort, aren't we? Like, it becomes the pursuit of our lives to find comfort and peace. But it's hard to, to get. I'll prove it to you. What happens to the gym in January? It's full of people, isn't it? It's packed. You're like, oh. I'm not going to the gym in January. It's full of these newbies, right? What happens in February at the gym? It goes back to normal. Like, it's empty, okay? Why do people not stick with that? It's difficult. It's not comfortable. I'm more comfortable coming home at the end of the day and sitting on my couch and watching TV than having to get up and go to the gym. Right, Corbin? My son's over there going, yep, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, we, we, we naturally gravitate towards comfort. Let me prove it to you as well. I believe it's why most churches in America are either dying or declining. In fact, get this, 84% of churches in America, there's 400,000 churches in America, 84% of them are either dying or they're stagnant. Population's growing and they aren't. There's something going on. Why is that happening that's, that's a staggering number. Why is that happening? I think it's because churches have gotten comfortable. They've gotten comfortable with where they're at and the things that they're doing. If you're 50 years old or older in this room or watching online, you know of a time in your life where the church was thriving. I'm talking about the American church. Like, it was thriving because, like, culturally, it was, the, it was, it was a driver of culture, okay? Things revolved around the church, you could just open up the doors and people would just come because that's what people did back then. But things aren't, aren't the same. If you're under 50 years old, you don't know what that's like. All you know is a church that's become more and more irrelevant every single year. That's all you know. And that can be kind of like a downer this morning. But let me tell you this. I love it. I love it. Because now the church is becoming a brighter light. Right? We have more opportunities. That we aren't... The same as the culture. We are different than the culture. God is something different. There's this bigger contrast. And I think it's the greatest opportunity the American church has ever had. But churches have a problem, and it's that they get comfortable. What happens is, is most churches are comfortable because they're consumer-driven, right? That it's like, what's going to make you happy? What can we do to make you comfortable? You know, what... What, what, like, today is a great example. Like, when, when can we have a perfect service time? Or is, is this going to be okay for you? Or, you know, like, all those kind of things. Like, the color of the carpet, you okay with that? Like, we come up with this, this idea that there's this consumerism aspect of Christianity, and that is not how it's supposed to be. Like, that has to die. Our ideas of trying to figure out where, where, 
um, the church can meet all of my needs has to, has to end. We can't keep doing that anymore. In fact, let me, let me put something up on the screen. I think it's pretty profound. It's this. If the church doesn't exist to find our comfort, the church exists to live out our calling. Okay? It's, it's, our church doesn't exist for us to find what is comfortable. Me to go to church, hey, I love this church. It's comfortable for me. It meets all of my needs. No, it's a better idea to find a church that's helping you to live out your calling in your life. And what is the calling of our lives? As Christians in this room, what is the calling of our lives? Matthew 28, 19, to go and make disciples, right? We're to, to simplify it all the way down to one calling for our lives. Between, choosing between comfort and calling, the calling of our lives is to go and make disciples. Earlier I said that, that every one of us is wired for comfort. It's kind of the rut we get into. And that's true. But if you look back at Abram's life, I believe that God is working in every single one of our lives to actually wire us for calling. Like look at, look at Abram's life. He was, he was a nomadic dude. So he didn't have this big house and all this land and, and he wasn't just stuck there. His whole life he was moving. And God, I'm not sure how old he was, but he was still under his father, Terah. They pick up and they move. That was like everything that they known. And so God says, you know what? I've been working your life for a long time to put you in a place where I'm calling you to do something that maybe it may be difficult, but you know what? I'm wiring you for that. Abram spends his whole life traveling. He didn't just make it to Canaan and stay there. He says, the Bible goes on and says that they traveled all the way around. They were always on the move. That's just who they were. And God had wired him for that. And I'm telling you something. God has called all of us the same way. And he has wired all of us for calling. Not just for comfort. Think about this. You and I have been changing our whole lives. Change is not foreign to us. We, sometimes we don't like change because we get comfortable with where we're at. But we, we are wired for change. I mean, from when we were really little, you were doing the little kid things. And at some time, God called you to be that weird teenager. You know what I'm saying? And you, you switch from being a little kid and you change to being a teenager. And you live through the teenage years. And at some point, there's kind of these, these big moments in your life, whether it's a graduation or something. All of a sudden, you become a, a young adult and things begin to change. Your life is chapter after chapter of you moving and changing. And things um, are never the same. And you have to make some big decisions. And the decisions are driven by you wanting to have a purpose, you know, it's this idea, that it's beautiful that God has put it in our hearts, in our minds, to pursue a better future, okay? So we're not always thinking about the, the current, like what's going on now. We're making decisions that are purposeful for our future. God has wired us for a calling, like to make difficult decisions, to make, make big changes in our lives because he's calling us to something more than just, than just our comfort. I think it's important for us to realize that God has, has created you for calling. Now, I think something else is really interesting in this story about, about Abram. Did you know that God called Abram before he even knew him, before, before Abram even knew God? He didn't have a relationship with him. I mean, he was a pagan. They were worshiping the, the moon god. This moon god's name was Nana. 
Anybody a Nana in this room? Okay. Like, maybe you need to fix that. Okay, I don't know. But that was, that was the God that they worshipped. And even in the middle of that, of Abram not pursuing God, God was pursuing him. And let me ask you this. Is God doing the same thing in your life right now? Let me answer that for you. If you're in this room or if you're watching online, the answer is yes. He is pursuing you. And he's calling you out of comfort. And he's calling you to something bigger. And ultimately, it's to follow Jesus. And I want to invite you to do that. If you've never done that, I would love to spend some time with you right after the service. Our staff will be around. We'd love to talk with you what it looks like to have a relationship with Christ. For the first time, to say yes to the gift of forgiveness that God has through his son, Jesus. He's always pursuing you. For Christians in this room, that's true as well. He never stops pursuing you. He's always calling you to make choices. And honestly, I think he's making this choice to take you from the trap of comfort to the, the joy of a calling. Because, see, we, we, we think that in our comfort we're going to find happiness. But we find true happiness in our calling that God has for each one of us. God's will for your life is to move from comfort to calling. And that comfort sometimes, what that means is you got to stop worshiping other gods. Let me show you. So comfort, what is comfort? Comfort is the thing that you chase after. It's the thing that you pursue, the thing that you think you cannot live without. So much so that you're willing to fight to keep it. You know what that is? It's your God. It's a thing that you worship. I just want to be real and honest with, with us as a church right now. If you're a church member here, let me just say this. There are times where here at Central, we worship other things than Jesus. We put them on a pedestal in our own lives. We made them ultimate, things that we're willing to fight for. A lot of times with our practices, the things that we're, you know, comfortable with doing. It's uh, our preferences I mean, maybe it's worship service times. Maybe it's uh, types of worship or where our small group's going to meet or color the carpet. I don't know. We're, like, we, we can come up with a thousand different things that we fight for. Those are things that we know and the things that we're comfortable with. And as a church and personally, let me leave you with this. If comfort is your goal, then it's your God. The goal of your life should not be to chase comfort. It should be to chase him. Right? An old pastor once said this, and I'm going to step on some toes. I'm going to step on my own toes. But here we go. Change the way you do church and see what people worship. <laughs> right? That's, that's a tough thing. I heard that the other day. One of our staff members told me that, and I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a tough one right there. Well, let, me, let me just say something. Thank you. As the pastor here at Central, I just want to thank you for being here today. Today is a day of change. You've chosen a calling instead of comfort. Some things that had to change. Maybe worship wasn't as you've always had it. Maybe your small groups meet at a different time. You know, maybe, maybe you have to eat lunch at noon instead of 11.45. I don't whatever. Like, there's things that we, 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 we don't want to change in our lives, but you have been, able, been willing to sacrifice. And that means so much to us. There are some churches that are going to die. 
because they're pursuing comfort over their calling. But at Central, I believe we're going to thrive because we're, we're pursuing this calling that God has on our lives. So for the Christians in this room, this is a serious thing to think about, right? Like, with all these changes, what are you worshiping and who are you trusting? And honestly, my, my prayer for you is that you'll be more drawn to your calling, which is to go and make disciples, than this, this desire of comfort. Because, man, there's so much joy and beauty in the call of God on your life. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for modeling what it looks like to say, you know what, I'm going to put aside some of my preferences because we're going to do this together. I love you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for our people today. Thank you for all the guests that are here this morning. And I'm blown away by their willingness to, to maybe change some things up. It's easy to be comfortable because we trust it. It's all we know. But God, you're calling us to so much more. Ultimately, God, you're calling us to a relationship with Jesus. So I pray if anybody's in this room that has never done that, anybody watching or listening online, I pray that today might be the day of salvation for them. They would stop chasing after the comforts of this world. And they would start chasing after a relationship with you. And they'd say yes to Jesus for the first time. Jesus who died on the cross to save them from their sins and rose from the grave to conquer death on their behalf. For the Christians room, I thank you that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, convicting us and calling us to so much more than just living for ourselves. And I pray that each one of us would have this desire not to just live out our days in comfort, but to instead pursue this this calling on our lives to go and make disciples. And that the day that we breathe our last, we can find joy knowing that our lives were spent and poured out for something bigger than ourselves. I thank you for this church that's willing to trust the short, bald pastor. (laughs) It would make some tough decisions that started today to change up some of the ways we do things so that we can be a church for our community. A church that has a desire to go. But also a church that has a desire to make disciples, to grow one another, to be unified together. And I thank you so much, Jesus, for them. I see multiple generations sitting out here right now. In the first service, I saw the exact same thing. It's beautiful and we are together in unity. And so thank you, God. I pray you'd bless our church and every single family that's here today. Thank you for the call on our lives to live for you and to love other people and to make disciples. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's a challenging message for us this morning, and I want us to just take a moment to respond to this. So if you would, let's stand together, church, and we're going to sing a song together. If you don't know the song, man, just pray these words, meditate on them, that as God leads us and guides us in our lives, that we would just say, yes, Lord, whatever the call. 
narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every peace. And I hear you call, I am available, I say, yes, your grace again less of me and more of you I just want to see you move and I hear you call I am available I sing that be true of our lives as we, you know, go throughout our week this week, that no matter what God brings across our path, we just say, we're available. Use us for your glory, God. Well, don't leave today without making a decision. If Christ is really moving in your heart, maybe today you need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Central Online. We hope that this was a fantastic way for you to kick off 2023. If you made a decision for Christ today, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. Email us at prayer at cbcawaso.org and let us know what's going on. We are so excited for what God has in store this year. 2023 will truly be a year where Jesus changes everything. And I hope that you'll join us.